Thank you for being here tonight, and uh, I'd like to start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you for your son. We thank you for this time of year. We, we thank you for all the many blessings and, and how the whole story comes together. I just thank you that the knowledge that um, you would have sent him just for me, and I thank you for that. And what a blessing, and I, I, it changes the way we need to look at uh, your son each and every day and how we worship you. And I just pray you'll be with tonight. I just pray these will be your words and not mine, and that uh, it'll be a blessing in your son's precious name. Amen. All right, so in the bulletin, it was advertised as for a couple of weeks as Pastor Todd Westlake. I'm not a pastor, so if you paid expecting a pastor, you might want to get your money back right now. Um, this is not my comfort zone. Um, it was very fun. Uh, we went out to the Gretchen Flones wedding, and I got to hang out with uh, Steve Snipstead and my brother, who have a gift for it. And it's, and it's so fun to see that, and it made me realize how bad at this I really am. But it made me realize what a gracious God we have, and looking at who he is able to use in the scriptures, I pray tonight that he will be able to use me as terrible as I am. so. But I want to thank you. Uh, this is It stresses me out to try to do this. Uh, I've preached some, but this was the first time I've ever agreed to preach on a particular passage. That, you know, in the past I've always been able to pick where or what I'm able to preach on, and then all I do is share with what's struggling or what's going through my life and where, where my devotions are leading me and, and the things that I need to work on in my life. And this was, this was a fun read into uh, something a little bit different and to try to do that. So I would like to start by uh, reading the text for tonight. And um, I took liberty, and I hope that uh, you know, a couple extra verses I added on uh, around Easter isn't going to harm anyone. So I'm going to be reading from chapter 23, 1 through 12, if you would rise for the reading of God's word. Then the entire council took Jesus over to Pilate, the Roman governor. They, they began at once to state their case. This man has been leading our people to ruin by telling them not to pay their taxes to the Roman government and claiming he is the Messiah and King. So Pilate asked him, are you king of the Jews? Jesus replied, yes, it is as you say. Pilate turned to the leaders, to the leading priest, to the crowd, and to the crowd, and said, I find nothing wrong with this man. Then they became desperate. But he is causing riots everywhere he goes, all over Judea, from Galilee to Jerusalem. Oh, Is he a Galilean? Pilate asked. When they answered that he was, Pilate sent him to Herod Antipas. Because Galilee was under Herod's jurisdiction, and Herod happened to be in Jerusalem at the time. Herod was delighted at the opportunity to see Jesus, because he had heard about him and had been hoping for a long time for him to perform a miracle. 
He asked Jesus question after question, but Jesus refused to answer. Meanwhile, the leading priests and the teachers of the religious law stood and shouted their accusations. Now Herod and his soldiers began mocking and ridiculing Jesus. Then they put a royal robe on him and sent him back to Pilate. Herod and Pilate, who had been enemies before, became friends that day. Heavenly Father, these are your words. I just pray that uh, you will use them tonight uh, to encourage and to build up this congregation in your son's precious name. Amen. So, the nice part about being a little bit older is you get to see how God works in your life. You get to look back, and during some very, very tough times, you get to see how God took that very tough situation. While you were in the middle of it, you you thought there was no way out. And, and you get to look back and see how God used that to get you to where you are now. And I'm guessing I'm not the only one. I just have quite a few of them in my lifetime that I'm very thankful. At the time, I wasn't. I was trying to be trusting, trying to be, God, if this be your will, you know, teach me what, I ha- what you have for me in it. And the same thing with this time of year. It's this time of year that we are able to be here, that we are Christians. If it wasn't for the death, which saved us, and the resurrection, which is we, so we can spend eternity, we, we wouldn't be here worshiping. And it's just an amazing time. And as I looked at these scriptures, and I, I listened to many different commentaries on it, and it's, it's amazing how God's plan was in place long before any of these people were ever there. How God was able to use those situations how Christ was able to know those people's hearts to get the desired results. Um, and the Lenten season's just that. How how did you get from the baby Christ to the cross? Um, today we're going to look at kind of a couple different things. Three things that you can't do with Christ. And three things that you can do with Christ, which aren't good. And you see them in today's scripture. One is sidestep him. Two is bend him to your wills. Three is you can't just have a curiosity about Christ. And the three things that you can do, uh, and we also see this happen, is, is you can mock him. You can reject him. And you can join with his enemies. During this time of the year, we really need to make those choices. I think every day we need to, but especially now we see it, and especially with this scripture. Uh, Verse 1, I'd like to go through this a little bit and then do some commentary on each. Then the entire council took Jesus to Pilate, the Roman governor. At this time, the Sadducees were were the Supreme Court. And they were based out of Jerusalem. And at that point, it would have been about 70 people in Jerusalem that were part of the Sadducees. 
or Sanhedrin, excuse me, and um, they were the people who were most affected by Christ's teaching in a, they were most concerned about Christ's teaching. The people in the area loved Christ. And the miracles he was performing, uh, it wasn't the common people of the day that would have been brought up on, wanting to bring them up on charges. The people who dragged him in front was probably a group of at least 120 people, consisting most of the Sanhedrin. Um, they began to state their case. This man has been leading our people astray and telling them not to pay their taxes to the Roman government and by claiming that he is a Messiah, a king. And they, at that point, too, they had to find not a Jewish rule that he violated, but a Roman rule. So they were making up. They knew that the taxation thing would be a, a bigger issue for um, Pilate. So, and they were playing to Pilate's needs to try to give Pilate a reason to have him put to death. Um, the Jewish people had lost the ability because they were under uh, Roman rule in Jerusalem and the area, that they could not implement the death penalty. And it's interesting because one of the commentators tied back to Genesis 49.10 on a prophecy way back in Genesis that the scepter will not depart from Judah nor the ruler's staff from his descendants until the coming of the one to whom it belongs, and the one whom all nations will honor. And the Jewish people didn't lose the lose capital punishment until Christ was born. And then that's when they became under occupied territory and then lost the ability to uh, do capital punishment. So even back in Genesis, it was uh, foretold. And I think it's Unique as you look at how God used every little bit of prophecy to fulfill it through Christ. So Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, you have said it. Pilate was a politician. He was, he was in charge of an, an area. He was a governor of the area. And he was already in trouble with Rome because of some of the decisions he had made on cracking down on the Jews and at the temple prior. He was already skating on thin ice as far as his position. And, of course, Pilate was very aware of Jesus at this point with, because of all of his miracles, because of his ministry that was going on. He was hearing rumors about it. He knew of uh, the people and the crowds following it. And the last thing he wanted to do was to cause a problem with Rome. His bigger concern was, how do I, how do I make sure that I satisfy Rome and the Jewish leaders? And Pilate was very aware. And then even in Matthew, it talks about um, how he was affected by what he knew of Christ. In Matthew 27:19, while Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him a message. 
don't have anything to do with this innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. So he was being warned, and he um, knew of the problems that were going to happen if he crucified or agreed with the crowd. So Pilate, being the politician, turned to the leading priest after interviewing and say, I find nothing wrong with this man. Jesus was found innocent. Uh, and I find that very interesting because no matter what happened, they all knew about him and they still could not find anything to convict him on. Verse 5, then they became insistent. But he is causing riots by his teaching wherever he goes, all over Judea, from Galilee to Jerusalem. And this is when, uh, in verse 6, oh, he's Galilean, Pilate asked. Uh, Pilate now is trying to sidestep Jesus. He's trying to not have to deal with Jesus. Um, he's trying to send him over. Oh, great. He's, he's Galilean? Oh, it just so happens that um, Herod, Herod's jurisdiction was up in there, and he goes, well, Herod's in town. Well, that doesn't that work out great? And Herod and Pilate were not friends. They were having issues. They, they were not close at all. So for him to reach out to Herod um, actually helped their relationship quite a bit. Uh, in verse 7, when they said that he was, he was Galilean, uh, Pilate sent him to Herod Antipas because Galilee was under Herod's jurisdiction and Herod had happened to be in Jerusalem at the time. And thanks, Steve, uh, as you were up doing yours, was most of my message at this point. I was like, I was going to touch on a lot of those points, and I will still, but <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's my whole message right there pretty much. Um, Herod Antipas uh, was the son of Herod the Great, the, the king who tried to have Christ killed as a baby, who killed all of the kids who were born during that time. Um, Herod Antipas was one of four kids that were, they divided the kingdom up among all the four sons, and um, Herod Antipas had got Galilee. Uh, he was also the one who had John the Baptist imprisoned and then beheaded him. And the reason he was in uh, Jerusalem was during the Passover. And it was also uh, because he was at that point in charge of rebuilding the temple. So he had a palace and spent quite a bit of time in Jerusalem. So, and Herod... Uh, verse 8, Herod was delighted at the opportunity to see Jesus because he had heard that he was hoping for a long time to see him perform a miracle. And it states, I mean, Herod um, found John the Baptist very interesting. He said that, you know, it, it, he didn't want to behead him because he found him very entertaining to talk to. And just like Steve had mentioned, Herod looked at Christ as an entertainment, as something, it's like, I want Christ in my court so I can see him perform a miracle, so I can be entertained by Christ. 
And um, the verse that uh, mentions that uh, his curiosity with it is found in Mark 6, 14 through 16. Herod Antipas, the king, soon heard about Jesus because everyone was talking about him. Some were saying that he must be John the Baptist raised from the dead, and that is why he can do so many miracles. Others said he is a prophet, he is a prophet Elijah. Still, others said he is a prophet like the other great prophets of the past. When Herod heard about Jesus, he said, John the man I beheaded has come back from the dead. And he was more wanted to be entertained by it, wanted to find out, hey, is this, is this the guy I had uh, beheaded? And the amazing part is, is he asked question after question. And he, he for many hours, uh, they, they guessed he would just keep asking questions. Christ refused to answer. And I find that's amazing. I find that the whole Easter story is based on God's knowledge of what it would take to get to that next level. He knew that by not answering Herod, he would be sent back to Pilate. And he knew what would happen once Pilate got a hold of him again. So, meanwhile, the leading priest, uh, verse 10, meanwhile, the leading priest and the teachers of the religious law stood and shouted their accusation. Finally, Herod and his soldiers began mocking and ridiculing Jesus. Finally, they put a royal robe on him and sent him back to Pilate. And Herod and Pilate, who had been enemies before, became friends that day. So in the interesting thing in verse 15, to jump ahead just a little bit, Herod came to the same conclusion that was, and sent him back to us. Nothing this man has done calls for the death penalty. And it's very interesting. We have options of what we can do with Christ. Every day we wake up and we, every breath we're given, um, Christ stands at the door and knocks. Um, we are given the same choices Herod and Pilate have. What are you going to do with Christ today? I mean, it's, it's amazing to me that we are given that opportunity. We have a Savior that is, is standing there wanting to love us with a love that we can't comprehend. To have someone who's willing to leave heaven to come down and die for our sins so that we can spend eternity with him is, is beyond my comprehension of what love is. I mean, anything we have here on earth is, is so pale in comparison. And every day we are allowed to get up in the morning and make that decision. It's like, what are we going to do with Christ? Are we going to be like Herod? Are we going to be like Pilate that choose to mock him, reject him, join with enemies to fight against him? Are we just going to try to sidestep him as he is calling on your heart to do things? Are we going to just continue to be like Pilate and try to sidestep what is, what, what's your responsibility or how you should deal with it? Are we trying to bend him to our will that he is only something that we use or try to use when we need something? Do we only pray when something we need? And you can't just be curious about Christ. Christ is, is there for, for eternity, for your heart. He has, 
He has given it all so that we could serve eternity with him. And I think as this Easter time is the most holiest of time for us as Christians, and to each day wake up and think, God, what do you have for me today? How, how, how am I looking at Christ? Am I looking at this day like Herod or Pilate? Am I looking at Jesus, you're going to be my entertainment for today, this Sunday morning? Am I going to just like try to not deal with you today because I don't have time? To make the decision for that amazing love to open our hearts to say, God, I, I'm, I'm willing. I know it's not going to be easy, but I'm here to serve, not, not be served. So I just, uh, would you bow with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we just thank you again for your son. We thank you for the, the whole plan that you laid out, the amazing prophecies that were fulfilled through the birth and life and death of your son and resurrection. I just thank you for that resurrection that uh, we can spend eternity with uh, Jesus and you. And we just pray for uh, each and every day, pray that you would just impress upon our hearts the need to just let you in. You're there knocking. You, you, you're willing to die for each and every one of us and that we would just open our hearts and uh, let you in. I thank you for the season. Just thank you for this congregation. Just pray now that uh, you'll bless the rest of this service in your son's precious name.